And then the final stanza now. Then let our songs abound and everything be dry. We're marching through Emmanuel's grounds. We're marching through Emmanuel's grounds to Pharaoh what's on high. To Pharaoh what's on high. We're marching to Zion To beautiful, beautiful Zion We're marching upward to Zion The beautiful city of God We're marching to Zion so beautiful, beautiful Zion, we're marching upward to Zion, the beautiful city. Amen, amen, amen. We're marching to Zion, the beautiful city of God. Okay, Brasho, please say the opening prayer. Could you say the opening prayer, please, Brasho? Thank you very much. God bless you, regard. Let us pray. Oh, yes. Heavenly Father, we thank you tonight. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for this journey on this study since inception till now. Thank you, Lord. Thank you because there is always a fresh bread to break amongst brethren on mm -hmm. this subject. Yes. We say be exalted in the name of Jesus. Amen. As you have promised that those who are thirsty and hungry for righteousness say that you will fill them. Mm -hmm. As we come with our open hearts tonight, fill us with fresh word, fresh bread of life in the name of Jesus. Amen. Open our eyes of understanding and help us to behold the truths from this study in the name of Jesus. Amen. Jesus' name we've prayed amen amen thank you so very much bro for leading our opening prayer today again i say welcome to everyone at gospelbellsradio.com i can join this discussion the reading by opening that pdf on the home page and read through it follow all the readings and the and the discussions as well and you can send in your questions and contributions by tapping the whatsapp widget uh, on our own page and contribute and thanks to all the members of the read, uh, readers club who are now in the virtual studio okay so let's start by reading our permanent memory verses for this study let's start by reading uh, the permanent memory verses for uh, this study uh, we will always read those memory verses every time we meet okay are we ready so please submit your microphone and let's read together Dearly beloved, I beseech you as strangers and pilgrims, abstain from fleshly laws which war against the soul. First Peter 2, 11. 
These all died in faith, not having received the promises, but having seen them afar off, we are assured of them, embraced them, and confessed that they were strangers and pilgrims on the earth. Hebrews 11.13 Enter by the narrow gate, for wide is the gate, and broad is the way that leads to destruction, and there are many who go in by it, because narrow is the gate, and difficult is the way which leads to life, and there are few who find it. Matthew 7, 13 to 14. Thank you very much. I pray that I haven't found that way. The Lord himself will keep us there in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Now, you recall that uh, last week we joined Christian in visiting the palace beautiful and what was beautiful about the palace was it just that it was an imposing uh, edifice it was the people there uh, the wonderful people that christian met there starting from the porter the gatekeeper named watchful and then discretion who had to make a decision of whether to admit christian into that palace beautiful and then those other uh, lovely uh, residents of the of the palace beautiful and do we remember their name can we remember their name? The na- their names, the names of those uh, residents of the Palace Beautiful who who interacted with Christian at the Palace Beautiful. Anyone? Discretion. Discretion. Yes. Charity. Charity. Prudence. Prudence. Yes. Piety. Charity. Yeah. Exactly. Charity. Prudence. Piety. And of course, we mentioned the the, the Potter Watchful. Oh. And they all, you remember, they all questioned Christian along different lines. One that I remember very clearly was the questioning by Charity, you know, asking him why he was traveling alone. And uh, of course, when Christian answered satisfactorily that he did his best, but yet his family did not follow him, uh, Charity said, well, we have done your best. But it reminded us uh, that although we are, as, as much as we are on the pilgrim journey, we must all, we never forget that it's our duty also to bring other people along of course uh prudence i think also asked him very sensitive questions about what he was doing about his old habit i was able to deal with them as he fully conquered them and those answers continue to resonate with us so much so that when um, when christian slept who remembers the room the name of the room in which christian uh, slept in the palace beautiful because we spoke about it the room in, in which he slept, you know, after they had supper, then they all retired to sleep. Who can remember the name of the chamber? The chamber named, named what? Who remembers that? Is it peace? Peace. You are very you are correct. Yes, peace. Yes, he slept in that chamber named peace. Thank you very much, sister. Yeah, slept in that chamber named peace, and you know we we recall that from uh, from Psalm four. I will both lie down in peace and sleep. For thou, Lord, only makest me dwell in safety. So the palace beautiful signified what? Symbolized what? Who can remember? Church. The church, exactly. The church. The church. And the role that the church should play in the life of every pilgrim uh, traveling, which you, which you find in the church, encourages people who encourage us, people who ask us questions, who want us to become better, who wants us to become better, and who wants to encourage us to just keep, keep going, to keep going on, and to keep going on forward and onward. Okay, there's one more thing I want to mention about uh, the Palace Beautiful. When they sat down 
at supper to eat. What did they what did they talk about? What did they discuss? Who remembers that? What did they talk about when they sat down to eat? Well, who's going to volunteer? I mean, the, the Lord of the Hill. The Lord of the Hill. Thank you, Sister B. Exactly. They spoke about the Lord of the Hill. That was all they spoke about. And remember that we emphasized then uh, that in Christian gatherings, we should ensure as much as possible that our discussions are centered on Christ, Christ Himself. You know, Paul wrote uh, to I think to the Corinthians saying, "When I was with you, I resolved to know nothing but Jesus and Him." Crucified. We have no business with any other thing except Jesus and Him. Crucified. Thank you very much. That's a review of last week's uh, study. Now, battle with Apollyon. And of course, I think you agree with me after reading this part that indeed it was an epic battle. An epic battle indeed. Uh, Tutu, are you available to read? So now we're going to read the battle with Apollyon. Uh, I'd like uh, Sister Esther Mosabe to read the part of Christian because Bonley can join us today. So I'll read the Apollyon part. Tutu, you read the narrations. Oh, are you available? Okay. Okay. So you read the okay. good. You read the narrations. I'll read the part for Apollyon. Sister Esther will read the part for Christian. Okay. Are we all, all ready? Right. Okay. Let's read together now. Okay. You can start. We're starting with Apollyon, right? No, no, starting from the very beginning. But now, in this value of humiliation. Okay, just give me a few seconds. All right. Okay. But now, in this value of humiliation, poor Christian was grievously challenged. He had gone but a little way before he spotted a foul fiend coming over the field to contend with him. His name was Apollyon. Then Christian began to be afraid and to deliberate whether to go back or to stand his ground. But he again reasoned that he had no armor for his back. He therefore thought that to turn his back to Apollyon might give the fiend the greater advantage to easily cast him with his darts. Therefore, Christian resolved to stand his ground, for he thought, Had I no more in my mind than the saving of my life, it would be the best way to stand. So he went on, and Apollyon met him. Now the monster was hideous to behold. He was clothed with scales like a fish. He had wings like a dragon, teeth like a bear. Out of his belly came fire and smoke, and his mouth was like the mouth of a lion. When he had come up to Christian, he looked upon him with an arrogant stare, and thus began to dispute with him. Where have you come from, and where are you going? Sister, that, that's your part, to read the part for Christian. Okay, maybe she's not there too. You have, you have to carry on. Okay, I, right. I, I'll read the question again. Where? Read the part no, no, I'll read the Apollyon again. Where have you come from and where are you going? I have come from the city of destruction, which is the place of all evil and I'm going to the celestial city, 
Oh, by this I perceive that you are one of my subjects, for all that country is mine, and I am the prince of it. How is it then that you have run away from your monarch? Were it not that I hope you would return to my service, I would strike you down with one blow to the ground. I was born, indeed, in your dominions, but your service was hard, and your wages were such as a man could not live on, for the wages of sin is death. There is no prince who will thus lightly lose his subject, nor will I lose you. But since you complain of my of your service and wages, be content to come back, and the best that our country can afford, I promise to give you. But I have pledged myself to another, even to the king of princes. So how can I, with fairness, go back with you? You have gone from bad to worse. It is common for those who have professed themselves to be his servants after a while to give him the slip and return again to me. If you do so also, then all shall be well for you. I have sworn my allegiance to him. How then can I go back and not be hanged as a traitor? Well, you did the same to me, and yet I'm willing to overlook that. If now you will yet return again and come back. What I promised to you was from my youthful foolishness. Besides, the king under whose banner I now stand is able to absolve me. Yes, and to pardon my former compliance with you. Besides, oh, destroy Napoleon. To speak the truth, I like his service, his wages, his servants, his government, his company, and his country better than yours. Therefore, please trying to persuade me further. I am his servant and I will follow him. Consider again what you are likely to meet with along the way that you are now going. You know that for the most part, his servants come to a wretched end because they are transgressors against me and my ways. How many of them have been put to shameful deaths? And besides, you count his service better than mine. But he never delivers any who serve him out of my hands. But as for me, how many times, as all the world very well knows, have I delivered those who have faithfully served me from him, either by power or by fraud, just so uh, I will deliver you? His refraining to deliver his servants at present is on the purpose to test their love, whether they will cling to him to the end. You said that they will come to a wretched ending, but in fact, it is most glorious. As for present deliverance, they do not expect it, for they patiently wait for their triumph, and they shall have it when their king comes in his glory with all of his angels. Well, you have already been unfaithful in your service to him, so why do you think that you will receive his wages? In what, O Apollyon, have I been unfaithful to him? You were discouraged at first setting out, when you were almost choked in the swamp of despond. You attempted wrong ways to be rid of your body, whereas you should have waited until your king had taken it off. You sinfully slept and lost your scroll. At the sight of the lions, you were almost persuaded to go back. And when you talked of your journey and of what you have heard and seen, you were secretly proud of all that you said and did. All this is true, and much more, which you have left out. 
But the king whom I serve and honor is merciful and ready to forgive. Besides, I acquired these infirmities in your country, and I have groaned under them, being sorry for, being sorry for them, and I have obtained pardon from my king. Then Apollyon broke out into a furious rage, saying, I am an enemy to this king. I hate his person, his laws, and his people. I have come out on purpose to destroy you. Christian, am I still reading Christian? Yes, yes. Apollyon, beware what you do. I am on the king's highway, the, king, the way of holiness. Therefore, take heed. Then Apollyon straddled over the whole road and said, I am not afraid. Prepare yourself to die. I swear by my infernal then that you shall go no further. Here I will spill your blood. And with that, Apollyon threw a flaming dart at his heart. But Christian had a shield in his hand, with which he caught the dart and so prevented that danger. Then Christian prepared himself for battle as Apollyon rushed at him, throwing darts as thick as hail. Yet notwithstanding all that Christian could do to avoid it, Apollyon wounded him in his head, his hand, and his foot. This made Christian slightly retreat. Apollyon, therefore, continued his furious attack. Christian again took courage and resisted as manfully as he could. This intense combat lasted for more than half a day, until Christian was nearly exhausted. For Christian, because of his wounds, was becoming weaker and weaker. Then Apollyon, seeing his opportunity, forced himself closer to Christian and wrestling with him, gave him a dreadful fall. And with that, Christian's sword flew out of his hand. Then Apollyon almost pressed him to death so that Christian began to despair of life. Then Apollyon exclaimed, I am sure of you now, but as God would have it, while Apollyon was fetching his last blow to make a full end of him, Christian nimbly stretched out his hand for his sword and grasped it, saying, Do not gloat over me, O my enemy. Though I have fallen, I will again rise. And with that, he gave Apollyon a deadly thrust, which made him fall back as one who had received a mortal wound. Christian, perceiving that, rushed at him, saying, in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. And with that, Apollyon spread his dragon wings and sped away so that Christians saw him no more for a season. No man can imagine that yelling, what yelling and hideous roaring Apollyon made during all this combat. And on the other side, what sighs and groans burst from Christians at he struggled fiercely until he perceived that he had wounded Apollyon with his two-edged sword. Then, indeed, he looked upward with thanksgiving. So when the battle was over, Christian said, I will here give thanks to him who delivered me out of the mouth of the lion, to him who helped me against Apollyon. Then a hand came to him with some of the leaves of the tree of life, which Christian took and applied to the wounds which he had received in the battle and was healed immediately. He also sat down to eat the bread and to drink from the bottle which were given to him at the palace beautiful. So being refreshed, Christian continued his journey with his sword drawn in his hand, for he thought, 
I do not know but that some other enemy may be nearby. But he met with no other attack from Napoleon through the remainder mm. of the valley. Yes, thank you very much, uh, Sister Wodnega. Thank you very much for reading to, for us. And uh, that's the description of the battle with Apollyon. The first question we want to discuss tonight, who is Apollyon? And what does it represent in the context of the Christian life? Remember again that this book uh, is a book uh, of allegories, metaphors. So uh, whenever you find a plot, a character, conversation, that's the, that's the author, John Boyan, trying to tell us about someone uh, who is Apollyon? Is Apollyon someone, uh, a, a fictitious character created by John Boyan? Who knows who uh, Apollyon is from the Bible? We have the answer there, though, if you if you just scroll down to the verse to ponder. Is the MC, go ahead. Apollyon is Satan. Mm, Satan. Satan. Okay. Good. So we have one answer. Then any other answer? Okay. It's MC, you're definitely not far from the answer. And that's correct, really. Yeah, it's correct because all the agents of Satan, uh, they, are, they are satanic. So uh, could you read Revelations, Revelation 9, 7 to 11? It's IMC if you're available. It's, it's on the screen now. Revelation 9, 7 to 11. The shape of the locust was like horses prepared for battle. On their heads were crowns of something like gold, and their faces were like the faces of men. They had their hair like women's hair, and their teeth like, were like lion's teeth. And they had breastplates like breastplates of iron, and the sound of their wings was like the sound of chariots, with many horses running into battle. They had tails like scorpions, and there was things in their tails, their power was to hurt men five months, and they had, a, they had as king over them the angel of the bottomless pits, whose name in Hebrew is Abaddon, but in the Greek, but in Greek, he has the name Apollyon. Apollyon, exactly. So thank you very much, sis. So, so that's, the, uh, that's the Bible describing who Apollyon is. So you're not far from the truth. The, the prince, uh, the prince or king over those angels of darkness. Some Bible scholars have identified him as just a, a demon, a hierarchy demon, and not uh, Satan himself, the devil himself, spoken about separately in the book of Revelation. But we know that this is someone of the tribe of Satan, the devil himself, or one of his high-ranking princes. So uh, John Boyan took from Revelation 9-11 this horrible, horrible creature evil, devilish creature and uh, put him in this story and and uh, Christian had to confront him. So uh, so we, we are correct in that. Any other contribution to that to that question before we move ahead? On who Apollyon is and what he represents in the context of the Christian life. Now, in the context of the Christian life, I mean, who among us has ever uh, seen the devil face to face or fought him? Yeah, go ahead. Okay. All right. I think um, we can liken it like um, the other sister said, he represents the devil. Because at least from what we read, we see him accusing, like he's an, he's an accuser of the brethren. Mm -hmm. Him reminding um, Christian of the things he did, how he, he meets his way, mm. found himself in the swampy vibe. Um, 
in the, in the, in the swamp. swamp of yeah swamp of this one okay thank you the swamp of this one and um you know reminding him that he already uh was unfaithful to the to the prince yes to the lord yeah, exactly okay. that so was already unfaithful to the what lord. i find was that like the Bible describes him that he's the accuser of the brethren. Good. See the way he was accusing Christian mm-hmm. of all the um, things, of all his mistakes yes. and all the wrongdoings. So that's what the devil does. So correctly, Apollyon represents the devil. Exactly. So, yeah, thank you very much. Uh, you represent the devil. And in our Christian life scenes, well, uh, it is not that the Satan will come to us, you know, in horns and with lion's teeth as described. I think well, the beautiful thing about Revelation, the book, is that uh, it lays bare who Satan truly is. It lays bare who Satan truly is. And that is why he is described as in horrible terms, as we read in the book of Revelation, him and his demons described in horrible terms, as we read in the book of Revelation, lion's teeth. And that's not, that's not a creature you want to meet. But in real life, in real life, does the devil present himself to us in that fashion? Does he present to us in that fashion? Yes, go ahead. No, exactly. no, it doesn't. Exactly. Comes it, more like in, um, bringing shame, condemnation, bring, reminding us of our past woes, you know, things yeah. that um, probably as a Christian we were not meant to do before we became believers. So I think here it was, um, I think it comes more as condemnation and reminding us of where we were before we decided to walk as um, Christians. Exactly, exactly. So Satan presents to us as, uh, you, you call him somebody who condemns, he also comes as a liar, and for anybody to convince him of, of, to convince you of his lies, he must be a pretender, he must pretend to like you, he must pretend to be on your side, and more often than not, that's how uh, the devil presents to us in real life, as somebody who is on our side, who is helping us, or who is raising questions in our heart, questions that will... Uh, that will help us. Remember his first appearance in the Bible, right? Genesis 3, when he appeared to the woman, he said, look, and like he was on the woman's side, on his side, trying to help her. Look, do you, why, why, why are you not taking it? Has he really said he should not take this thing? And that's how Satan often, often presents himself. But that's not, all the, uh, that's not always the case. As we are going to say in this depiction of this, of, of this, uh, of this chapter, he, he began by, by entering into a conversation with with Christian trying to be to persuade him, the same thing that uh, he did with Eve, uh, the same thing he does with us, you know, starts with a thought, tries to persuade us. Our, our Lord rightly described him as the liar and the father of it. And I think the progression in this chapter is just absolutely true. That the moment that we we refuse to fall for his lies, for his uh, his persuasions, then it will now bear. It will bear his teeth, and then we and then we start. Uh, throwing those darts at us. Thank you very much to write in the chat room that is a pretender and a liar. And that's so true. And that leads us to uh, the second question. Carefully consider the claims and arguments made by Apollyon. All those claims and arguments made by Apollyon, are are any of them true? And this is where I will invite us to go through the text again. Let's go through the text again and carefully consider those claims and arguments made by uh, by Apollyon because it's just very important for us to look at them 
one after the other and ask ourselves, are they actually true? Because this is exactly the way the devil presents to us in real life. First, he asks, a Christian, where have you come from and where are you going? Well, Christian answered, I've come from the city of destruction. He said, by this, I perceive that you are one of my subjects. For all that country is mine and I'm the prince of it. Let's discuss this. Uh, Apollyon said, okay, you're from the city of destruction. Ah, then you are one of my subjects. For all that country is mine and I'm the prince of it. Is it the prince of that city? Ah, people in that city are the subject of Satan. They say, well, I'm the king there. How is it that you have run away from your monarch? You should remain in my service. Anyone attempted to answer that? Well, Christian gave an answer. Christian said, well, I was born indeed in your dominions, but your service was hard. So, so this is what Christian affirming that, yes, it is true that, well, I was yours. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, like the Bible says that um, we are in this world, well, we are not of the world. Mm-hmm. So I think that's just um, my, the only way I can, my better way of explaining that part that, yes, we're, we we do not belong to the devil, though we belong to this world, and we know that um, this world is like, uh, can I can we really call it the kingdom of, <laughs> of the devil? But, mm-hmm. you know, yeah, that's what the devil is trying to tell with in that, you are from my kingdom, you belong mm. to me. But just like I quoted the Bible that we are in this world, but we are not of the world. Mm. So we are in the like Christian understanding that yes, the territory belongs. Yeah, I was born in your territory, mm. but you are not the king. You understand? Because even the yeah. Bible tells us that all power belongs to Christ. The, uh, the kingdom of this world has, uh, become, has become the kingdom of our Lord. Yes, in Revelation. So, uh-huh. The kingdom is not really that of the devil mm. as he wants us to believe, you know. Exactly. Just like we say that we are in this world, but we are not of the world. Exactly. Everything belongs to God. Exactly. The, the earth and the, the heavens, they belong to the Lord. They belong to the Lord, exactly. So, uh, thank you very much. So, this is a part where we have to uh, carefully look through in the Bible and then get the right uh, approach to to affirming this, but I think you are you got it right that we have to affirm first first and above all else that all power belongs to God. It rules over all. Remember, but remember that our Lord Himself, John twelve thirty one, uh, described Satan as the ruler of this world. The ruler of this world. Uh, Ephesians two to describe him as the prince of the power of the air. So for a, for a, for a while. The scripture affirms that God has given Satan some powers for a while, and those powers will be all taken over at the fullness of time. If you read Second Corinthians 15, we find it all there. But again, I also think that this is John Boyan also trying to talk about uh, the fallen state of man, that uh, until man is regenerated by the gift of the Holy Spirit, until man comes to Jesus Christ, then he's, he's fallen. And uh, this is a point where we have to contrast with what the secular culture teaches. You find the secular culture teaching that, oh, man is basically good, but has been corrupted by society, has been corrupted by the environment, so that the only thing we need to do is to make society better, make our environment better, so that man can attain uh, the highest good. That is contrary to the teaching of the Bible. The Bible teaches that uh, all have sinned, and are falling short of the glory of God, we are irredeemably bad, 
Uh, the Lord looked at the heart of man and said his thought was continually evil. So the, the Bible teaches that man is born sinful. Man is born with the with, with, with that uh, with that uh, falling with the guilt of the fallen man in Genesis three, and man needs to be regenerated. So to the extent that what Apollyon said in that uh, in that verse is representative of the natural man, the falling nature of the natural man. Uh, that is true to the extent that uh, Satan has been given some authority or some license. I think license is the better expression, not even authority. All power belongs to God, but he has been some license. You know, license to do certain things in this world for this season until the fullness of time when he will be put under uh, the feet of Christ and then when he will be destroyed in hell. Uh, to that extent, that's a partially true, uh, true statement. Doc, you wanted to make a contribution. You 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 muted your microphone again. <laughs> oh yes, I didn't know you you saw that. I was waiting for you to finish. Okay, go ahead. And so I I think you have uh, touched on the the matter that I wanted to raise, mm. and that is having an understanding of the two worlds. Yes. Yes, the world that God created, which is perfect, which is beautiful, and the world system that the devil created with fallen man. Mm. Now, these two occur one within the other. So the world system operates within the perfect world that God had made in Genesis and said was good. Now, when the world system began, the world system then had a prince of the world who is in enmity with God. So he sort of cornered his own dominion which God, as you said, licensed him to corner. Revelation mm-hmm. chapter, when we come to verse uh, 12, uh, in fact, verse 11, verse 12, where the Bible tells us that they overcame him by the blood of the Lamb mm-hmm. and the word of their testimony. For they loved not their lives unto the death. This, the, the verse that followed then explained that the heavens will rejoice, but woe unto the earth. Because the, the, the because the devil had been sent into the earth with his wrath, because he knows that his time is short. Yeah. And just as you said, it's a very timed license. Exactly. During which time the devil will have, you know, a lot of uh, as it were capacity to do as he likes. Mm. In fact, in John chapter fourteen verse thirty. Our Savior said, even I, the Savior, the, the prince of this world will come to me. Mm-hmm. But the thing is that he will have nothing in me. In me exactly. And exactly what we saw happening to uh, Christian was that Apollyon came to him, but he had nothing in him. He tried to locate the template that he could work with, but he could not find it because he had nothing in Christian. Now, when the world system is operating, I have tried to describe it in my own little way as being at three levels. Mm-hmm. So there is the level of Satan, or in Greek, Satanas, which means accuser, who is at the head of the system. Then beneath him, there are demons. And these demons are the agents of the devil that are spiritual. And then beneath that, we begin to have different levels of satanic activity. And we see that captured in Ephesians chapter 6. The Bible says, For we wrestle not against flesh and blood. Exactly. Meaning that these character, characters, they are not flesh and blood. 
and what are they it says that there are principalities there are powers there are spiritual wickedness in high places that the rulers of darkness of this world they all operate under satan the devil and then we have the oppression of the world system in which beneath that you have the flesh so how does the flesh operate the flesh is that carnal nature of man that operates outside the individual and that operates within the individual so you have the level of the flesh that is operating in somebody who is not born again mm -hmm. and there is an accumulation of people who are not born again called flesh too who operate as a system then that system is influenced by the rulers of darkness the spiritual wickedness and then at the top of that is satan the devil exactly. now that world system is so complex but yet it is one that we have to confront every time so what am i saying a christian will have to confront flesh and blood people you can see in whom the carnal nature is operating so you go to the office and there is a, a man who comes to you and says well, look don't be stupid everybody's collecting a bribe why will you not collect the bribe now he says i cannot because i'm a christian but the person inviting him to collect that bribe is acting in the flesh exactly. under the influence of spiritual forces under the influence of satan the devil now because the devil is the prince at the head of all of that he knows exactly what is happening exactly and he gathers all the data that he can use against people of the flesh it therefore means that anybody who stays within that system is already under the full control of satan the devil by all these instrumentalities mm -hmm. but a person who is taken out of that system no matter the intelligence that the devil has over him that intelligence will no longer work because the person will say yes all those things that you have collected as intelligence happened but there are things that have now been forgotten by the lord of the hill exactly. there are things that have been forgiven by the one who saves me there are transactions that have been erased by the blood of the lamb exactly. now the reason why i went that way is to sort of address one of the issues you raised earlier on mm -hmm. that what did apollyon represent so mm -hmm. he represented the tempter he represented the accuser he represented the liar he represented the the the, the person who wanted to condemn exactly. he also represented someone who had negative intelligence and that negative intelligence was what he tried to use uh, for the uh, condemnation or for the accusation exactly. so don't think that the devil will not bring up your past merely because you know that you have been forgiven it is one of the tools that we use exactly in the world system in which you operate exactly. so for me i think that for us as christians it is key that we appreciate that the world system is a very complex one in which the devil is at the head calling the shots and if he does not come calling the shots if he does not come as satanas or satan he can come as apollyon if mm -hmm. he does not come as apollyon he can come as a principality as a power as a ruler of darkness of this world in any other frame exactly. and if he does not come in all of that he can come in the voice of a friend who is still carnal and who invites you mm. to tap into the resources of the 
of the of the system oh. of the world. I pray God to help us. Amen. 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 I mean, th- thank you so very much. So, so that for that buttresses, you know, the point we made earlier on uh, that you know uh, the Apollyon or Satan or any other manifestation of the de- the the devil will we, we will not always come to us, you know, in in arms and red hearts and all that, but in the forms you know described by Doc so so beautifully, uh, could be in the form of uh, people who are possessed by demons who are acting out of uh, out of um, impulses planted in there by the devil in the form of the uh, the world system. I know the world system itself is uh, another uh, study entirely that Christians, in fact, uh, in today's age, ought to really pay attention to how the world system is just. I mean, it's just killed against Christians, and we find that uh, Satan calling the shot, and then Satan himself at the end, at the head, at, at the top of of the pyramid, uh, so to say. Thank you, my grandma S. Saying there, uh, affirming what Christian said in this passage. Uh, this is what she has written in the uh, on WhatsApp. Until we surrendered our lives to Christ, we were under Satan's ridership, and our allegiance was to him. I always love Grandma S.'s choice of words, and this is quite quite poignant that she chose to use the word ridership we were under satan's ridership it was riding us right and and that's exactly uh what we the institution that we were in uh, before we surrendered our lives to christ that's the decision everyone who has not surrendered to the rulership of christ is in uh the you have satan riding over such a one uh unlike uh the 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 gracious reign of our Lord. Our Lord reigns over our lives, but he reigns as a gracious king, a good God, merciful, kind, uh, even elevated us from being slaves to being his friends, to being his brothers. But, uh, you know, uh, as, as we... From, from Psalm 16, all oh, the sorrows of them will go after that God. All oh, the sorrow of them will remain under the ridership of Satan. Thank you very much, man. Uh, Grandma, show me. Go ahead, man. Uh, good evening, everybody. Good evening, ma'am. Uh, I tried to read the script. Okay. My eyes are blessed in Jesus' name. But because of my eyes, I couldn't um, okay. finish up. But that part of it, I read the part we're discussing now. Mm. And first thing first. Yes. God did not make improved man. God did not make improved man. It. He made a new man. Mm. A new man. Mm-hmm. You know, Job, I say, it's Job that said that a man born of a woman is um, something trouble or whatever. Yeah, I can't remember very well. A man born of a woman, a man, a man born of a woman is meant for trouble or something like that. Mm. But Jesus told us we are born by what? Water and, and the Spirit. Yeah. A new man, completely, completely, completely. So, you know, when I read this and I said, no, a new man, completely, completely. We are not, you know, struggling with anything, anybody. Principalities, demon. What did the Bible say? They are under our feet. When somebody, when you are reigning, you are seated in heavenly places with Christ Jesus. Mm-hmm. And you have principalities and all these things under your feet. Do we have to? have any argument with them or do we have to quarrel with them? Mm. The Bible in Ephesians 6 says three times stand. So a Christian exactly. needs to stand. to stand. No struggle. 
no struggle with Satan. No, 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 no. Satan, the Bible makes us to understand, is a defeated foe. Mm. He's running like a lion. He has no teeth. He's just running, mm. looking for someone to devour. Wow. So if you allow yourself to be devoured, it's another thing. Mm. But the point I'm making is that we are a complete new creation. Our spirit is perfect, mm -hmm. just like spirit of God. And that's why God sees us. When he looks at us, he looks, he sees Christ. Because God cannot look at me now, and I'm mm. still alive. Because I'm not perfect. Yeah. He sees the righteousness of Christ on you. On us. God is holy. So God, God, God does not see me. When he thinks about your me, when he sees your me, he sees Christ. If he sees me, I'm dead. Because I'm not perfect. And yes. his eyes cannot see evil. His eyes cannot see sin. So the point I'm making is that when Apollo, you know, we don't have to struggle with, uh, argue with Satan, number mm -hmm. one. Number two, when just say, okay, I think it was a surgeon that was asked that, uh, you know, she, he passed a woman. And that woman, they were friends before he got born again. Okay. And then, you know, after he passed, the woman has said, I didn't you see me. He said, the person you knew then has died. <laughs> Spoiled That person is dead. So this is a new person. I don't think, for me, I don't even know you. That person died long time ago. So exactly. I think we got to know our identity in Christ. Mm -hmm. What did Christ do? You know, it's not just uh, I'm born again, um, uh, this with Christ. No, 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 no. If I'm seated in heavenly places, like Bible tells exactly, me, exactly, exactly, the and demons and all these people under my feet. Hallelujah. Why do I struggle with somebody under my feet? Why? Hallelujah. Thank you, ma. Thank you so very much. And exactly that, I mean, that's the mind frame with which we must approach spiritual battles, that we are seated with Christ in the heavenly places, so the victory is assured. And we're going to get there shortly, and I love that uh, you have emphasized that, that that should be uh, the mindset. Just very quickly, I want us to uh, go through that argument between Christian and Napoleon before uh, the, the battle broke out. And just to emphasize the half-truths, because, you know, uh, the lies, basically a half-truth is a lie. So Satan is a liar, our Lord has said it, and the father of it. So you have half-truths and outright lies in, in his conversation with Christian. At some point he said to him, see, this person you have pledged your loyalty to, he does not deliver his own people. Have you not read that many of his people, uh, they come to a wretched ending and he does not deliver them? Is that true? Is that true of our Lord that he does not deliver his people? Well, we know the answer that he does deliver. Sometimes he makes his people go through, uh, even, I mean, come to what the world we call a wretched ending, but that is for those who are seen by sight and not by faith. Uh, Gide, uh, uh, that, that first, uh, the first, uh, the first Dickens, Stephen, uh, the word will say that he came to a wretched ending, but we know, don't we, that he did not come to a wretched ending uh, as he was stoned to death, the heavens opened, he saw, he saw the glory awaiting him. 
And then, and then Apollyon said to him, look, uh, I know people like you. You start out well at first, but at the end, you are going to come back to me. Is that true? Uh, does the Lord not sustain us on our, Christ, uh, on our Christian pilgrimage? Have we forgotten that uh, story from the house of the interpreter where it was the Lord himself who was pouring, who was pouring oil in our lamp to keep, uh, to keep our lamp uh, burning? So I just wanted to emphasize this to, to show that uh, before outright battle will break out, between the host of darkness and the Christian, the first, uh, the first weapon of Satan, uh, his first weapon is to uh, deceptively attempt to persuade a Christian to abandon his Lord with deceptions and all that uh, the Lord will continue to give us grace to overcome. The same, uh, the same modus operandi that he employed against our Lord himself after his 40-day fast, you know, half-truth. See, I own all the kingdom of the world. Jump down from this place. And all this will be yours. I pray that when the tempter comes, we will receive strength and grace and wisdom. We'll have the presence of mind and we have sufficient uh, recollection of the scriptures uh, to defeat him. In Jesus' name, amen, amen, amen. Okay, now let's look at this. What are the different weapons that Apollyon used against Christian? And how did Christian defend himself against these attacks? What are the different weapons that, uh, that the devil used? Uh, that Apollyon in this in this story that he used against Christian when the battle actually broke out. Okay, if you can follow me, follow us now on the screen here. We have then Christian prepared him for prepared himself for battle. As Apollyon rushed at him, throwing darts as thick as hail. Yet notwithstanding all that, Christian could sorry. Yet notwithstanding all that, Christian could do to avoid it. Apollyon wounded him in his head, his hand, and his foot. This made Christians slightly retreat. So we see here, Apollyon rushed at him, throwing darts. We know what darts are, you know, like arrows, as thick as hail, throwing them at Christians. Those were the weapons. What do you think uh, these darts represent? Uh, Russian, go ahead. All right. Uh, good evening, everyone, once again. Good evening. Thank you, bro. Uh, yeah, from the storyline, mm. we deduce that the devil used accusation. Yes. And that is basically what he uses. Mm. At every point in time, the devil will always bring things we have done and make us feel inferior before God. Mm. Now, it's well, in this place, it really looked typically like a battle. Mm. But we must understand that for every believer, the battle line was drawn the day we confessed Christ. Oh, yes. So we are there. We are in it. We don't need one physical battle, so to speak, as, as shown in this storyline. And so, and I believe that this same battle is what, uh, I mean, this same weapon, this same tactic that the devil used, this accusation, is what has crippled a lot of people's relationship with God. They just whisper to you, you mean you want to go and pray? Mm. You remember what you did this so, so, so time? You yes. mean, ah, they, they, they said you should come and be this thing in your church, a deacon, a lay reader. Can you remember your past? Yeah. Oh, can God call someone like you? Mm -hmm. You know? So accusation, when I read Zechariah chapter one, chapter 3, rather, and I saw the, the Bible talks about a particular prophet, Josiah, I mean Joshua rather, a priest, yes. Joshua, 
And so the, the, the accuser was there. So the definition of the devil basically is that he is the accuser of brethren. Exactly. Now, what did the Christian or what did Christian use to stand his gap, I mean, ground and to overcome him? It is, I, I, I will sum it up to be knowledge. Mm. <laughs> knowledge. The scripture says that those who do know their God will be strong and do exploit. exploit. The reason a lot of believers cowed in in the face of acquisition or in the face of battle from the kingdom of darkness is because of our shallow knowledge of God. Now, when we read from the beginning, we'll see that the Bible says, I mean, this text says that Christian remembered that he had no armor for his back. Yes. Now, that is a fact that for every Christian, God did not make provision for our back, meaning that he never intended that we should, we should back out on this battle. God never intended us to be defeated. Yeah. Because the point where you turn your back at your enemy shows that you are defeated. So God never meant defeat for believers. Exactly. This knowledge... If we don't have this knowledge, we will cow in on this pilgrimage. Mm. And, and of course, knowledge, this knowledge is of uh, is of, of is of the word of God. From, yeah, exactly from the word of God. He said there is no provision. When we read that Ephesians chapter six from verse ten down, mm. where the scripture mentioned all of the armors, there is armor for the air, there is one for the chest, there is one for the foot, there is armor for virtually every part of the body, but yes, not the back. Exactly. And that is because God does not want us to turn our back against our enemy. Exactly. So that is the knowledge, the knowledge of the word of God, the exactly. knowledge of God himself Thank that God. Christian had is what helped him to silence the Napoleon. Thank you very much, sir. Thank you. I really appreciate that knowledge. Uh, most important, and and I will add to that what uh, uh said. Also, knowledge of our place, of our positioning in Christ. You know where we are seated uh, with Christ in the heavenly place. Talking about the doubts that that Apollyon threw at at Christian. Yes, accusations, bringing up his past. I uh, would we also say that all those things mentioned in Romans eight thirty five to thirty nine. Uh, would be among the darts that he threw at him. Uh, sorry, we're available to read. Sister Domi, we've not had your voice today. Would you read uh, Romans 8, 35 to 39? If you're available, uh, as part of the uh, the darts that uh, that the this world we throw at us, Romans 5, 35 to 39. Romans 8, 35 to 39. All right, sir. Thank you. Romans 8, 35 to 39. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Mm -hmm. Shall tribulation, or distress, or persecution, or famine, or nakedness, or peril, or sword? As it is written, for your sake, we are killed all day long. We are counted as sheep for the slaughter. Yet in all these things, we are more than conquerors. Mm -hmm. Through him who loved us. For I am persuaded that neither death nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, 
nor any other created thing shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our, our Lord. Lord. Amen. Okay, please also read Second Corinthians 4, 8 to 9. Okay. We are hard pressed on every side, yet not crushed. We are perplexed, but not in despair. Persecuted, but not forsaken. Struck down, but not destroyed. Was not destroyed. Hallelujah. Thank you very much. So, uh, I mean, as I reflected on those darts as thrown by Apollyon at Christian that made him fall and uh, that made him retreat a bit. Uh, at some point, he thought himself out of the battle. Uh, see, yes, the accuser of the brethren, as we read from uh, Revelation, and that is what Satan does. It, the lies that he told, uh, the lies that he will continue to tell, and then all those things that happened to us. Because I look, we look at the story of Job and we find the truth that all these things listed in uh, Romans 8, they are not from the Lord. In the in the in in the sense of him engineering, but they happen to us because, as we said earlier on, Satan has been given that license for a while. That's what the story of Job teaches us: that all these evil they come from Satan, but they cannot come to us unless the Lord permits him. He has that license for a while. But uh, the apostle received that inspiration, saying that even if uh, Satan uh, were to throw the dart of our past sins, we are going to tell him that uh, there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ. If you were to throw the doubt of tribulation at us, yes, uh, it may wound us a bit, or distress, or persecution, or famine, or nakedness, or peril, or sword. Uh, yes, we may be wounded, but you know, we are more than conquerors. We are more than conquerors through him who loved us. And uh, as I read that part of Christian falling to the ground, uh, we are reminded of Second Corinthians 4. We are hard pressed on every side. We are not crushed. We are perplexed. We are not in despair. We are persecuted. We are never forsaken. We may be struck down, but uh, you know, his power is with us and will not be destroyed. Yeah, Prophet, may yeah. I add something? Okay, go ahead. Each time I look at the um, picture painted in Ephesians chapter 6, mm. I look at the character of the dart. Mm. And there it describes that it is a fiery dart. Fiery. Now, the fiery dart is going to achieve two things at the same time. Because it has fire in it, it will set you aflame. It will set you ablaze. And yet, it will strike you so that you will lose blood. Mm. Now, when we look into scripture, we see men who began to go astray because a strange fire began to burn in them. That is what the fiery dart of the devil does. I mean, look at Nadab and Abihu. Mm. Something began to move them to put coal into their censers and to present a strange fire before Before the Lord. As a matter of fact, the external fire that they presented was a picture of a raging fire inside them. There was there was a zeal that consumed them, which was not from the Lord. Yeah. Now, this is what the dad does. Can we imagine what Amnon, the son of David, was thinking when he began to have a raging lust for his stepsister? It was difficult to understand. But when that fire is raging, it is raging. In Proverbs chapter 6, 
verse 27. You see the wise man trying to picture lust as a fire. Yeah. And he said, can a man take fire in his bosom and his clothes be not burned? Mm -hmm. Can one go upon hot coals and his feet not be burned? So is he that goeth into his neighbor's wife. Now, just giving us an idea of what this strange fire can achieve in the lives of men when they, that locates its target. Exactly. And the next point is the blood that is lost. The Bible says that the, 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 the life is in the blood. Mm. When a man is struck by that dart, by that dart he begins to lose spiritual capacity. And that is the interest of the enemy. In fact, many times, what people find least um, obvious is that loss of spiritual capacity, a leakage. So they are hemorrhaging and they do not know. And so we read it in, I think, in Osea, talking about Ephraim. He said that he had lost his strength to strangers yeah, and he did not know it. Exactly. And because the devil is diabolical, very bad and deceitful, you will not know that you are losing spiritual capacity. Mm -hmm. And so you begin to ask yourself, how did Demas, who was reportedly a very valuable team member in yeah. Colossians chapter 4, then in Ephesians, I mean, 2 Timothy chapter 4, Paul began to say, Demas has forsaken me. Exactly. And has gone on to Thessalonica, having loved this present world, this present world. There was something that began to make life drain out of Demas. Exactly. That made it impossible for him to pursue the cause that he had known to pursue before. pursue before, yeah. I mean, when that dad entered Peter, did Peter not go back to fishing as if he had never met the Savior. He had never met the Savior. He had never seen the glory of I mean, God. You begin to wonder exactly. if was at the Mount of Transformation. Exactly. Who saw the glory? <laughs> How could you go back to fishing? So, 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 so you, you, you agree that the, that would include uh, Satan bringing up our past sins. It will include Satan is the temptation to disobedience, temptation to uh, to draw yeah, back, to, to draw back, to, to disobey, to draw back, yeah, to, uh, to, back. To, to, to abandon the pilgrimage. Exactly. So the, the, that is something that is so subtle mm. at times at that times, yeah. the degree of blood loss will not be obvious until you begin to come to a point of exhaustion like Christian. Exactly. And maybe as we go along, we will come to that yeah. as well and yeah. see what one must do at yeah. that point. Because yeah. just like some of our mommies have said and everything, the battle is already won. Oh, yes. So even if you are exhausted to the last point and it looks like life has drained out of you completely, mm -hmm. all you need to do is to remember the Lord of the hill. Absolutely. You will bounce back completely Absolutely. and you reclaim lost ground. Exactly. Yeah, but this is how far the fiery darts can go. Can go, exactly. Thank, thank you very much. So that, so whether the fiery darts come in form of Satan accusing you of your past sins, forgiven by the Lord, sins already taken away far from you as far as the east from the west, if that is the form it comes, or it comes in the forms of temptations for you to disobey or to draw back, you know, to engage in sin, or it comes in the forms of the vicissitudes of life uh, described in Romans 8. Let us be reminded uh, that we are more than conquerors. These are just the uh, the weapons of the enemy. But then how do we defend ourselves against these attacks? 
Uh, Sister MC, if you're still available, could you read uh, Ephesians? I just want to, it's always just beautiful to read out uh, these scripture passages. Uh, Ephesians 6, 10 to 18. Okay. Finally, my, bread, my brethren, yes. be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God, yes. that you may be able to stand against the walls of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age, yes. against spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God, that you may be able to withstand in the evil day, and having done all, to stand. Stand, stand therefore, having guarded your waists with truth, having put on the breastplate of righteousness, and having shod your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Above all, take the shield of faith, with which you will be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked one, and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God, praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit, being watchful to this end and with all perseverance and supplication, for all the saints. For all the saints. Amen. Thank you so very much. Thank you so very much. And we find that in this text, in this text, we find John Boyan laying emphasis on the sword, on the sword that uh, Christian drew and with which he eventually struck uh, Apollyon. Of course, uh, there is a whole uh, extensive sermon to be preached on that portion of the scriptures. Uh, but you know that the uh, the armor of God is not just uh, not is uh, not divided into many parts. It's just one. They must all work uh, work together. And tomorrow, by the grace of God, when we read the text on the Valley of the Shadow of Death, we find where uh, where Christian found that well, uh, he cannot only rely on the sword of the spirit, but must also take up yet another 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 part of of that armor. So very clearly, we see here the way that Christian uh, defended himself. Against, against those attacks. So by drawing on the sword, which we have read from Ephesians, is the, is the word of God. Uh, we know that what John Boyan was signifying there is that whatever uh, that may be thrown at us, whether it is the recollection of our past sins, whether it is temptation to disobedience, whether it is the vicissitudes of life, uh, the way to attack Satan is to, is to throw at him the word of God, just as our Lord did. Sister B, go ahead. I just um, wanted to add a scripture to all the discussions. Okay, go ahead. That we've been having, that Satan has come to steal. John mm. 10, 10 has come to steal, to kill, and to, to destroy. destroy. Yes. But that God has come to give us eternal life mm. in our walk, just as um, we saw uh, depicted by Christian and Napoleon here. Devil will always come to try and steal our peace, to try and kill and destroy our faith mm. through various um, means, like everyone has discussed. And um, but we thank God for God has come to give us life and give it to, to us abundantly. Abundantly. That's oh, yes. the scripture I just wanted to add. Thank to you the very discussion. much. Exactly. And, and it's the most appropriate one. Just to remember the mission of Satan uh, to stay to kill and to destroy. That is his mission. And uh, exactly. So uh, that should also add to what Brashem really said earlier on. And what uh, Grimashumi also said about knowing our place. Knowledge. Knowledge is so important. You have to know uh, knowledge of who Satan is and his mission in your life. 
So it can't be the person trying to persuade you to fall apart, trying to say, oh, don't you think you, you do well doing this? We know his mission is to kill, to steal, and to destroy. We must know, we must have knowledge of our place in Christ, our, our place in the spiritual uh, places, that we are seated in the highest place with, uh, with our Lord and Savior Jesus. We also have to have knowledge of the assurances uh, that he has given us. Thank you very much for, for giving us that scripture. I want to ask uh, the class, I mean, looking at... Christian's attitude uh, in this battle. Remember that at some point, uh, he said that Christian fell. I want to just quickly get to that. Okay. He said, Apollyon, therefore, continued his furious attack. Christian again took courage and resisted as manfully as he could. This intense combat lasted for more than half a day until Christian was nearly exhausted. For Christian, because of his wounds, was becoming weaker and weaker. But we know that he did not give up. So uh, how would you describe Christian's attitude throughout this battle? One word. Uh, everyone, can we all just try? Just try one word to describe Christian's attitude throughout this battle. Persistency. Persistence, exactly. So that's one, exactly. It was persistent. Um, bold and courageous. Courageous, right? So you see? Courageous. Yes. Exactly. He was not ready to give up. He was not ready to give up. Was not ready to give up, so he was persistent. Brother Shima said that he was courageous. That you see, he was he was not going to give up. Thank you, Demi, for that. I will also say fortitude. Fortitude, exactly. Fortitude. He rose to the battle. Fortitude, fortitude. Hmm. Rose to the occasion, although everything was against him. He was dying. He was becoming weaker and weaker. But that was his attitude to it. He was resolute. Was resolute, was resolute exactly saying that look, this battle, I'm going to fight it, I'm not going to lose it, I cannot possibly lose it, but I'm going to fight, I'm going to fight uh, because uh, that is what we are called to do, and it's perseverance too. Perseverance meaning that although we are hard pressed, we are we are hard pressed on every side, every side we are hard pressed, but you know what, uh, we are not crushed, we are perplexed, we are not in despair, persecuted, not forsaken, struck down not destroyed. So it was resolute, it was persistent, uh, he persevered, he, uh, he had fortitude, he approached with fortitude, he, had, he was courageous, he was courageous and all, all this is, and this is uh, the call of the Holy Spirit to us as we, as we, uh, as we continue in our Christian journey. So uh, I want you also to look at all this. Remember that at some point when Christian, when he he got rid of Apollyon for, for a while. Remember how the, this author put it. He says that uh, when Christian perceived that Apollyon had been given a deadly thrust, he then rushed at him and said, in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. And with that, Apollyon spread his dragon wing and sped away so that Christian saw him no more for a season. For a season. We all know what that means. That's drawing from uh, the temptation of our Lord, right? And reminding us again that uh, every battle won uh, is not an occasion to then so celebrate or lose our guard or to put off the armor, right? For the Christian, you don't win a battle and then say, wow, we won this. And then you put off the armor and say, well, let me stretch my legs and do away with this armor for a season. Uh, even the tempter left our Lord uh, for, for a season. 
what, what are the spiritual lessons that we can learn from this chapter? I think all of us can contribute to this. This also include your takeaway points, any other part of this text that we have not uh, looked at today. What are the spiritual lessons uh, we can learn from this chapter? When we get to our closing hymn today, it is soldiers of Christ arise and put your armor on, strong in the strength of strong in the strength with God supplies through his eternal son. But we get to that. So what are the spiritual lessons? that we can learn from this chapter titled Battle with Apollyon or your takeaway points from, from the text today. Okay, we have this from Omi Okubo. Thank you very much, Ma, for joining us. Although you had some challenges. Okay, perseverance. This is the way she has described uh, Christian's attitude throughout this battle. Perseverance and then endurance. Matthew 24, 13. Exactly. Thank you, Ma, for giving, her that, giving us that as well. But the one who perseveres to the end will be saved. He that shall endure to the end. And so uh, we are not, even if it appears that we are out, we know that we can never be out. You have to have that knowledge again. That Brashion spoke of the knowledge of who we are, of the assurances we have been given. Thank you very much, Ma. What are the spiritual lessons from this chapter or your takeaway points? Uh, study on me. Okay, I just want to um, say that. Um I really love this verse that I read in Romans talking about yet in all those things we are more than conquerors mm-hmm. through him who loved us. Yes. Because um through our our journey as a Christian, we'll yes. face all those things. Yes, we put on the whole hammer of God. Yes. But yet through all this, we are more than conquerors. conquerors. I remember because of this verse, we actually have a slogan in my home and um uh, we say to my children, my husband and I, we tell our children, we say, you are more than conquerors. Oh, yes. Meaning that we will still we'll face a lot of things in life. We are more the than conquerors. The devil conquer. is there. We are more than conquerors. Anytime I read the verse, I smile and I have a reassurance <laughs> that, yes, Hallelujah. I'm in this world, but I am a conqueror. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you very much. That, that's a beautiful one to have in your family. Something we can all emulate as well. You know, I always remind our children of that. And you know, is, is there not something interesting in the choice of word of Apostle Paul when he wrote this? He did not say that you are conquerors through Christ who loved you. Who loved you. He did not say you are conquerors. He could have said that and he would be right and yeah, we'll still be happy. So we are more, more than conquerors. Because in those days, conquerors were crowned in the open, open, uh, in the, in, in the open uh, arena. They were crowned, they were honored, uh, they received all possible adulation from everyone. Conquerors in sports, conquerors in wars. And so uh, Paul used that, uh, that imagery. He did, but he did not say you are conquerors. Not, not, not just like those who conquer this world, who conquer in politics, who conquer in sports, who conquer in battle, in military and uh, military um, combat. Say we are more than conquerors. Meaning that uh, that uh, the status accorded us, the victory that we that is assured for us cannot be described in earthly terms. Cannot even be not even like conquerors that we know of. In this world, we are more than conquerors. And I think that knowledge, as you said, Adiomi, should stand us in good stead in our spiritual battles. Thank you very much. Okay, we also have this on WhatsApp. Thank you, Mami Kubo. You're saying that a notable spiritual lesson is that of steadfastness in faith, hope in Christ, trusting in his faithfulness and promises, which will continually encourage us to hold on and not give up. Hmm. 
steadfastness in faith, hope in Christ, trusting in his faithfulness and promises, which you continually encourage us to hold on and not give up. Thank you very much, Ma. Thank you very much, Ma. Okay. So do, do, do I say that we all agree that uh, one, uh, the major spiritual lesson there is that of what? Perseverance on the one hand and having knowledge of our place in, of our place in the Lord and in his word. Okay, I'm reading this from the chat room from Brashim. The ladies, what you are written. The spiritual lessons to learn or take away point. Number one, if indeed I've decided to follow Jesus, it should be with the determination not to go back. Thank you very much. That's number one. They said number two, if Jesus overcame by the word, those who follow him can't do less. Thank you. I said number three, the devil has things for sure from my past, but my present reality in Christ is that I've obtained pardon and there is a great hope of blissful expected end and future. Thank you very much. That's true. So I love these three points that Brashim has put in the chat room. Number one, uh, the spiritual lesson, if I've decided to follow Christ, I must not look back. Number two, if my Lord overcame the devil by the word, by the word, then I must also, I must know that that is the way to overcome him. I can do no less. And number three, the devil has things for sure from my past, but my present reality in Christ is that I've obtained pardon. And I do pray that nothing will cloud our, our eyes from remembering that we have been fully pardoned indeed. Amen. Uh, so I love this, uh, this, uh, this verse that you have brought to us. Romans 8.1. And uh, I mean, there are so many beautiful points of the Bible, but glory to God uh, for this revelation to the apostle saying there is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. And of course, as long as we remain in Christ Jesus, who are called according to his purpose, we are doing his will, there is no condemnation. Who is it that condemns? Who is it that condemns? Do we not have the, the Lord himself who justifies us? So there is no one out there uh, to condemn us. Thank you also very much. Any other contribution out there? Any other contribution out there? I think indeed is a beautiful, beautiful chapter, a reminder that sometimes the battle will be fierce. So it is not only uh, that Satan will come at some, uh, will come with persuasive lies. I know, and once you refuse to fall for his lies, then he begins to throw those darts. And as Doctor Gwali mentioned, those darts are fairy, fairy darts. You know, carrying fire in them, uh, which will draw blood. It will draw blood. I pray that. Uh, the Lord will strengthen us that none of us will give up in the middle of the battle in Jesus' name. Amen. Yeah. Maybe I could just add something. Um, okay. May I go on? Go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. Yes. One, one lesson that I thought we should highlight also is that the devil is already defeated. Oh, yes. So no matter the fierceness of the current battle, it will never win. Hallelujah. So his defeat is historical. Mm. It's eternal. Mm. It is complete. So no matter how fierce the devil is, I mean the battle, battle is, is, even if he battles us till the day we die, even if the battle ends in physical death, mm. we know that the devil will never win. He's eternally defeated. Hallelujah. Now the joy of the battle is captured in Second Corinthians chapter 4. Verse 16, 
And that really speaks to my heart all the time. Second Corinthians chapter 4, verse 16 to 17. says, for which cause we faint not. Yeah. But though our outward man perish, yes. yet the inward man is renewed day by day. Oh, yes. For our light affliction, which is but for a moment, worketh for us a far more exceeding and eternal glory. weight of glory. Exactly. So that when the battle is intense and raging fiercely, we should always remember that there is a refining process going on within our spirits. Exactly. So the battle is already won. The devil is a defeated foe. And that the substance of the battle is that we are renewed day by day. Day by day. Amen. Amen. Thank you so very much. So the battle is already won. So none of us must shirk from the battle. None of us must run from the battle. If you know that victory, you know, it's like somebody who has been given the uh, the result of the examination. They said, okay, this is the result. This is how it's going to go. But you have to sit for it. You have to, as our Lord said, you have to, what did our Lord say when he, he, he was to be baptized by John? You have to feel all righteousness. Although this is not feel all righteousness, but it's just like saying that you must fight the battle, but you have the assurance of winning. Do you know the strength that gives you to know that uh, you have the assurance of victory? Then you just keep fighting, and no matter what is thrown at you. So, soldiers of Christ arise. That's our closing name today. If you're at gospelbearstudio.com, please scroll down to the last page of, uh, of that PDF, and you'll find that the, uh, the words of this hymn, Soldiers of Christ arise and put your armor on. Don't run away. Don't say, look, the battle is too fierce. I'm, I'm, not, I'm, I'm not in this anymore. But arise, put your armor on. Anyone who in the strength of Jesus trust is more than conqueror. Is more than conqueror. Arise and put your armor on, strong in the strength which God supplies through his eternal Son, strong in the Lord of hosts and in his mighty power, who in the strength of Jesus trust is more than conqueror. Great might with all his strength endued and take to aid you in the fight the panoply of God from strength to strength go on wrestle and fight and pray tread all the paths of darkness down and will the well fought day of the soul take every virtue every grace and fortify the whole that having all things done and all your conflicts past you 
complete at last. Overcome and stand complete at last. And you must recall that is straight from Ephesians, Ephesians 6. And having done all to, to stand. Thank you very much. I look forward to seeing you again tomorrow. We're going to read the chapter titled The Valley of the Shadow of Death. A very, very scary, another scary chapter. A Christian traveling in the dark. Thank you also very much. God bless you. God bless you real good. Uh, Mr. Bill and Seka, please say the closing prayer if you're still there. All right. Okay. Let us pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Hallelujah. Thy kingdom come and thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Father, we thank you for all that we have studied this night and um, how you, you have used it to show up our faith so that we'll be able to surmount any challenge that the enemy may try to bring our way. We thank you that um, you've used a lot of people that have walked this walk mm. to guide us on what to expect. And therefore, we will not be afraid. Yes. We thank you because we're already victorious. Thank you, Lord. And therefore, we will not be afraid. Mm -hmm. We thank you because you have said that, that he that put hand to the plow and looks back is not fit for the kingdom of God. And thereby, we claim that by your grace and mercy, you will enable us not to look back Amen. in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. You yourself will make us fit for the kingdom. Amen. of God in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. You will wrap up, wrap us in your blood and you always see the righteousness of Christ has been imputed upon us and because of that, Satan will not be able to have access to us. Amen. We will be able to quell every of his fairy death with the weapons you have given to us. We will wear our armor from head to toe and we will also back it's up with prayers Amen. in the mighty name of Jesus. You will Amen. keep us planted in good fellowship where we'll be able to support one another Amen. so that none of us will fall. Amen. We say thank you, Father, Lord, thank for answered you. prayers. As we go to sleep, Lord, we ask that you protect us from every evil and that we wake up strengthened, refreshed. Amen. Amen. In the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Thank you, Father, for answered prayers. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name we have prayed. Amen. 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 Thank you also very much. God bless you, very good. Amen. Amen. Thank God. Supplies through his eternal song strong in the Lord of hosts and in
His mighty power, who in the strength of Jesus trusts is more than conqueror. Great might, with all His strength endued, and take to aid you for the fight, the panoply of God. From strength to strength go on, wrestle and fight and pray, tread all the paths of darkness down and win the well-fought day. soul take every virtue every grace and fortify the whole that having all things done and all your conflicts pass you may come through Christ our Lord and stand complete at last you may come through Christ alone and stand complete at last Amen You are listening to GospelBellsRadio.com, the Christian internet radio with a mission to engage the culture with the mind of Christ. Keep listening and invite others, too. God bless you. Engaging the culture with the mind of Christ. 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 Engaging the culture with the mind of Christ.